3: Hi everybody, welcome back to the Gallagher Shots podcast channel and welcome back to episode 7 of Canny Chatter. This is a Champions League special. Um, we are all very, very excited that the fact that Newcastle United came fourth in the Premier League, qualified for the Champions League. Um, we still really can't quite believe it, but it's happened. Um, so we thought we'd do some Champions League-based topics, and I'm using that based quite loosely. Uh, it's more European, it's more travel, but there's a couple of things about the Champions League, so we will get into all of that. Um, I'm Scott as always. I'm your host for this one, and I'm joined by Kani Chaler Regular's Joanian. I'm also joined by I'm going to call you a regular now, Daryl. but Daryl <laughs> is also joining us, because uh, Harry is at work. and we also have our Champions League expert. Daniel, who you may have recognised from the FPL show that we used to do uh, before Matthew had a Ben and decided to spend his life with his Ben. How dare he? Um, Daniel, welcome to Candy Chatter. How are you, my friend?
5: Um, also thanks to Matthew's wife, having a baby, because my FPL season went right up as soon as I started doing those shows. I think... When he stopped, I was 1.4 million, and by the end, I finished 65K. So more babies, please, Matthew, more babies. <laughs> more babies, indeed.
3: Um, Daryl, how are you, mate? Uh, I understand you were at Chelsea for that last game of the season.
0: Uh, that looked like a lot of fun on the telly. Was it as fun as it looked? Oh, uh, Even more so, mate. It was just one big, massive party. Um you know, to, to come in I hadn't heard anything about the new Anthony Gordon song until we got to the ground and we got off the tube and people were singing it and uh, that was nice to come into. And then to just it it was one of those um embryonic moments in the stand where a song just gets created from absolutely nothing. And you and you came out with their uh, status quo and Eddie Howe and Jason Tyndall. Um I mean it was just magical to be there and that sort of experience when that thing comes around it, it's just um just absolutely magic. And you know what it is? I, the only thing I can liken it to was Rafa's last game, uh, the mm-hmm. 4-0 at Fulham, where we were safe and we were just enjoying the moment and we absolutely smashed them 4-0 at their place. And I mean, I know we didn't get the result. We didn't get a win on, on Sunday, but we didn't need to. It was done. It was fine. All, all sorted, all done. European football, Champions League football. Um, and, you know, we just went there to basically have a sing-song and get a tan in the sun in the shed end. It's lovely. Yes, it it looked it looked like a very fun
3: day. Uh, Ian, mate, I understand you've been designing some concept kits after our uh, podcast last night that we did on the uh, on the YouTube channel. Uh,
1: just a bit, yeah. Um, uh, use me use me day very wisely, and probably annoyed everyone in the group chat. But uh, I because I used to have ProEv and ProEv used to be really good for creating kits, and then obviously um, just had a bash at, at me. That doing it myself. That's a thoroughly great day. Um just touching on the sing songs that Daryl was going on about. What I am disappointed at is that mine and Joe's new new chant for Fabian Cher hasn't caught on yet, but there's there's next season. Um we have a rendition. So, uh no, you can't. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it's <gone>. just, just, <laughs> so it's to the tune Or it's it was actually like kind of like joey invented it i was like driving up to my mum's, and is it brian adams no it's not brian adams bon jovi bon jovi mate it's bon jovi's uh living on a prayer came on and he mm-hmm. joey said wouldn't it be funny if they said instead of like at the end living on a prayer fabian share so me and joe cleverly put some lyrics together and it goes as follows. So I'm not going to sing it, but I'll say it. So <laughs> it goes, whoa. No, he's the Swiss Albert. Whoa, oh. it's Fabian Cher. Scoring goals from 30 yards, I swear. Whoa, it's Fabian Cher. I like so, that. It's great, isn't it? I really hope that catches on. And then, uh, can we put like a copyright or like a trademark so that like, I actually get credit for like
5: royalties? Is what you want? <laughs> <That's, yeah. laughs> I'm yeah. gonna. I think we, 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 sorry
1: for that. Um, yeah, we'll, I think we'll you put, need to release it for that. Like, what we'll, uh,
3: dealing's gonna do with it's coming home?
1: We'll yeah. put a, um, an NFT on it. Is, is that is that a thing? Can <laughs> yeah, I just, make, make do it that. it will be fine. Yeah. And then I'll get. Uh, do they fetch money? I don't know. Don't know about these things. But um, yeah, that's that's. That's pretty much my thoughts on the Chelsea game. Oh, and, right, for about three days, I couldn't sleep because that Gordon song just kept going around in my head. Yeah. Oh. Like, oh, literally, song. literally Sunday night, it was about one o'clock in the morning and it was just going around in my head. I had to put, like, I a think... sleep sleep hypnotherapy thing on
0: to send <laughs> us to sleep. <laughs>
4: I think before long, we're going to have Abba's entire catalogue just yeah redone with renditions of Newcastle songs.
0: I mean god help me if I were saying like a fernando or a fernandinho because that's the song. Yeah. Yes, you <laughs> Just you
3: win. Absolutely you win. Absolutely.
0: And Joe Mate as always
3: uh always good to have you mate. How have you been? Uh, have you gotten over the the results at the weekend and and the football now being over for the the until the until yeah. the end of summer.
4: Yeah, to be honest with you I I mean with the ga- game being a little bit inconsequential. Uh, I was more focused on my FPL, to be honest. Um, didn't do too badly, finished um, just within the top 50k, <laughs> which I'm very happy with. But um, I was just a bit disappointed to come second in my main mini-league by about two points, which is a little bit gutting. But that is my fault for not having Salah for the last eight weeks. That pretty much was a nail in the coffin. But, you know, it's okay. Still still um, my best finish, so pretty happy with that one. Um, yeah, so weekend um I had some mates come down from glasgow so that was really nice spent some time with them sure. and the week before i was in beloved newcastle for the last two games of the season um met some of the uh lads from the channel uh including yours truly ian who i was with the um for the match on monday um that was really awesome even though the uh that save at the end by nick pope nearly caused us both to have a heart attack in the leases end but you know what what he's there for so no doing very well doing very well thanks and it's good to see you lads
1: how was your holiday scott no one where well, we would you would do ask but like you've got a lot to to say so how was your holiday because you, you're is that is you that, that kind that i talk too much no you always ask <laughs> you you always ask the questions but yeah like so how was your holiday because you went was it it was, did, was it was a Crete you went to
3: No, it wasn't. I went to
1: Rhodes. knew it was. I knew it was Greece. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I went
3: went to a a small village in Rhodes called Lindos, which is like about an hour and a half outside of Rhodes and about half an hour from Falaraki. Um, Yeah, uh, we we got there and the weather reports were shocking for the entire week. It was like rain every day, but it didn't. Thankfully, like we had like maybe an hour of rain um, one day and then it was... Do you know what it, it, it wasn't too hot, but it was it was still like you can still walk around a t shirt and that, but you wouldn't be lying around the pool. So it was ideal for us. Um yeah, ate a lot of really good food, drank a lot of really nice drink, and uh yeah, got a little bit of a, a tan. I've got peely shoulders as always, and um one thing I did do uh on the first day, trying to move a sunbed, believe it or not. Uh, and I thought, oh, I can I can move that with one arm. That's not a problem. They're not that heavy. And I've uh, I've done my shoulder. Oh. Uh, so it must have been, I think it's probably from the gym. And that's just tipped it over the edge. And I was on a weird angle and I was just reaching and trying to move it. Um So when I've been back this week, uh I tried to go to the gym Monday and just couldn't do anything push related. So no chest, no shoulders for me. But um I can do other stuff, so that's fine. So uh, I'm just going to. I'm going to be a bit lopsided for a for a couple of weeks while uh <laughs> while that repairs. Um You need to yeah. get one of
4: those strappings like Dan Byrne has.
3: Oh yeah, I it know. Apparently, he's been with a dislocated shoulder for all season. Um, yeah. Oh well, it's, it's it, not, it won't be dislocated all shoulder, but it's keep popping out, which is why he's yeah. heavily strapped.
4: Yeah, it's um, one of those where once you dislocate it once, it's obviously gets weaker and weaker. And I mean, I know someone who they did it once and then within like a couple of years it came out another five times or something before they Ooh. had surgery so it's, it's dead easy be, to do um, once you've done it once like a t-
0: weapon Mel Gibson tell you what oh, though you know you talk about him doing it you know in all season the first time I noticed him really suffering with it was Leicester when he, he got a, he got a knock in it um, against Leicester and he went down and he held it for a little bit but I think out of all the games I've watched us this season, I think that's probably the first time I've seen him physically look like he's uncomfortable with it. Every other time, he's, he's done really well with it. So it's... Obviously, the strapman's in there to stop it from doing what it's doing. Um, and I don't know whether or not he needs another operation to get it sorted out or not, but fingers crossed he doesn't.
3: Well, um, we'll start, as always, with a little icebreaker, and that is, for anybody who's uh, who's here, have you been listening, watching, reading or playing? Anything worth mentioning... Since we last saw spoke, Joe, have you played Zelda yet?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a good <laughs> few hours into it. It's been good. It's been good. Still learning a lot. It's got a really cool uh new mechanic where you can build and create like loads of different things, like vehicles and buildings and everything, um, which they didn't have in the first game. And I'm learning a lot just from messing around and trying new things. I mean if you look at a there's there's so many times where you look at a problem and in the first game, you think how the hell do you even would you even like start with this? But now it's a case of oh I can just you know put this plank of wood, strap a rocket to it, hold on tight, and then probably get to it or just random things like that. Um, so no, it's it's a, it's been really fun. Um, haven't had too much time on mm. it, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's been good. It's been good. Uh, so a
5: little tip is because I, I've been on holiday for the last. Couple of weeks, be in Mexico, so I've not been doing too much. But I've been playing a game, and it's because I pay for. Do you know there's three levels of PlayStation? You've got essential, extra, and premium, whatever. Yeah. I've got the extra one, so it's free on that, and it's called Slayer the Spire, and it's like a card based dungeon crawler, and it's unnecessarily addictive, but it is free if you've got PlayStation Network. But I just want to anyone that does play PlayStation, if you download the Hot UK Deals app. Uh, it's on your phone or whatever, and then type in PSN, they've got a deal on that starts tomorrow or tonight at midnight, technically, where um, you can get 25% off a PSN network account. But then also you get, because there's a discount on, do you know like how you can buy like gift cards top of your, your wallet? Yeah. You get discounts on them as well. So you can effectively get a PSN extra account for the same price as the normal essential um and that's on that goes live like like I say Friday tomorrow. So hot UK deals, download the app if you've got a PlayStation. And if you do like get it now, it just starts whenever your subscription ends. It's not like you've got two like concurrent subscriptions the one after another. So just as a little tip, if anyone wants to do that and then get lost in Slay the Spire, the world's most addictive game.
3: Nice. So, did you take your PlayStation to Mexico, or have you been playing that since you, since you were back? No, since
5: I got back, I got back last Wednesday, last Tuesday, and I've just—I mm-hmm. was playing it before I went, held off, and then I saw my housemate playing it, heard the music, I was like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" And then
2: <laughs>
5: playing on like eight hours of your life just goes, you know? What? Why? Why am I doing this to myself? Thirty-three years old, um, but yeah, it's just—I'm waiting to buy a PlayStation Five in July. Uh so I'm trying not to like get invested in any like triple A long games or anything yeah. like that until like, I get my PlayStation 5. So it's just all FIFA and indie games basically.
3: Nice. Nice. I haven't been playing anything since so I have been away and I haven't played much since I got back, but I did watch uh Still, which is the Michael J. Fox movie that he's oh. made about himself on Apple TV. Um it's it's a bit of a, it pulls at the heartstrings quite a lot because obviously everybody loved Michael J. Fox and then it's quite a sad story what happens, but it's him telling his own story. Um, he's very open about himself now and himself back then. Um, yeah, it, it's great because the way, the way he's done it, he's done it very, very clever. He'll use clips from his movies, but it's representing him as the story of, of, of him, of his life. So it'd be like I walked into the doctor's office, and it's him walking into the doctor's office in a movie in a movie that he's in, and sitting down. And then they cut to like a clip of a doctor giving him the news, but it's obviously just a normal another actor just giving him the news that you would have gotten in real life. Cutting back to him from whatever movie it is, giving the reaction, and then cutting. It's it's he's done so well with it. Um, it's on Apple TV. Um, I, I seem to be watching a lot of that recently. Um, it's a really good, really good one. Um. And the other thing I downloaded for the plane on Netflix was the new Arnold Schwarzenegger show uh, called FUBA, where he's a CIA agent who's retiring. Believe it or not, because you know that's, <laughs> that's a story that's been done to death. Um, I watched the first episode; it was very, very predictable. But um, I think as a as a it's not really a pilot, but it's like the first episode. It's just getting introduced to all the characters and that, and apparently it does pick up and get okay to you know quite good so um yeah i'll probably continue watching that over the the weekend that's coming up um but yeah fubar that's cool that's on netflix um so (laughs) multiple subscriptions in this household uh mm -hmm. and the other thing i want to watch which i haven't yet is air which is on amazon
5: looks classy it's good
3: it's good it's it's good as you may have noticed from other podcasts I, i do have a bit of a sneaker collection going on um and uh yeah, I do like I do like my Jordans and my shoes. So um, it's
4: very interesting the way they do it because they don't really focus on Michael Jordan at all. Like he's he's barely yeah. in it. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's it's very well done to be honest. I really enjoyed it. As someone who's not that was speaking. my
3: that was my concern is it not just a massive P and D film like production and development? Is that not just it? Is that, are they not just glamor like how you make a product?
4: Well. Not necessarily because they focus heavily on them having to convince the family and convincing the mom uh, okay. to to go with them. Because he was going to go with Adidas, wasn't he? Well, yeah, yeah, and it touches on the, those meetings that he had with him. I won't go too into it if anyone wants to watch it, mm. but yeah, it, it, they very much focus on that, and it, uh, yeah, it, it focuses a little bit, quite a bit on the relationship with you know the, the okay. mom and in him as well. So it's it's good. It's really good. Um, yeah, like I say, as someone who's not a sneakerhead, um, I found it very interesting and it was a nice
5: little history lesson. But no, it's, it's entertaining as well.
4: Have it's you funny. seen uh,
5: The Last Dance?
3: Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. That's yeah, phenomenal. A
5: yeah. while ago, but I'd I've, I've, I've watched that again recently because that was so good. So, so good.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm quite lucky over here because Amazon is quite new in the Netherlands. Uh, I know that sounds really weird to say, but it's only like two year old. Uh, we used to only have it as a bookshop before then um so when prime came along uh, it's only 299 a month for prime uh-huh. so it's like, it's a no brainer to subscribe to it and you get everything that you get when the uk prime so you get the next day delivery you get the prime um video you get the twitch integration with the amazon games and all the free games you get from that um so yeah for for 3 quid a month May as well sign up for Amazon. Why not? Even if, even if they do harvest your information and sell <laughs> it to the highest. bidder. Um, we'll move on. Uh, we'll move on to our first topic. And as I mentioned at the start of the show, Newcastle United did qualify for... The Champions! The Champions League. Thank you, Decker. Um, and... We are going to go through. Obviously, at the at the time of recording, we don't have the full list of every team that has qualified yet for the Champions League. There's still, you know, leagues that are finishing off. There's still the uh, qualifiers for, you know, certain certain countries and certain clubs to go through. But we're going to go through and and pick our preferred or our dream group stage draw for the Champions League. Um, I think the way we'll do it, we'll just we'll go one one each and just of our four, uh, or well, three because obviously you can only you can only play. You can't play yourself. I mean, that would be that would be a decent one because it would guarantee <laughs> at least three points. Um, but Daryl, we'll come to you first, mate. Yeah.
0: What are your four dream teams? Three dream teams. Um, it's really difficult, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go down the route of what may become some sort of group of death here. Um, and I think. Personally, I'd love to see we go to Barcelona again, and I know we've been before, and you sort of want it to be a case where you want to go somewhere that you haven't been before, but there's a bit of a romance about Barcelona, we do have links to Barcelona, you know? we don't have to go far to say it's Bobby and, and things like that, and there's there's loads of little bits here and there, Um, and get obviously we've got the two times that we've played them previously in the Champions League, um, Tino's hat-trick and and then going over there and show our scoring and, and, and whatnot. I think that game was postponed for 24 hours because it was torrential downpours on the day it was supposed to be played. Uh, there's a famous picture of Bobby with the team, and Bobby's got the umbrella, and the team yeah. are all in getting absolutely soaked to death. And it's like he's just explaining to them about what's going on, like what it's like to play in this stadium and that, and you know, and stuff like that anyway. So, yeah, I would go with Barcelona from pot one. Would,
3: would Barcelona be in their new
0: ground by next season?
3: is that ready yet or is it cuz i i thought they're this clear. was the last season of the new Camp, isn't
0: it so this is the the last this season was the last season at the new camp as is. is and obviously they'll go back to the new camp once it's finished being redeveloped so they're actually going to spend next season in the olympic stadium and uh, that's the estadio olympic de Montjuïc for anyone who really cares um which is also the former home of espanyol before they moved to the Cornea del prat out in the in the west end of the city um does that, so that glamour
5: away from it, though, for you? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I mean,
0: yes, it does. But in in previous times, which we'll get onto later, when I've been to Barcelona, I've been up to that stadium. And as much as it is an athletic stadium, it's still steeped in its own history because of, of what it represents in terms of the Olympics. And it, it has its own history. And I know it's not going to be exactly the same as the Camp nou, but the fact of going to Barcelona, I love Barcelona. And I think it's a great city. And to just to, you know, again, it's the romance of playing Barcelona. Not necessarily in the Camp Nou, which is, I understand what you're all saying there, but I'd love to go and, and play them there. Um, and I think for pot two, I'm just trying to think of pot two teams here. And I think for me, it would either have to be, I think I'm going to have to go, and it really would be a group of death if I did this, it'd be Bayern Munich. Um, is there in pot two as things stand. Um, again... Trip over to Germany, best team in, in Germany, as things stand. Um, former Champions League winners again. So it's a it's an amazing test for the squad that will be when when we get to that point. Um and again, you know, you can imagine an absolute flood of jorries going over there. Yes, Joe.
4: Sorry. Um I've just been having a look and I think because Bayern actually snatched the title on the last day, they are now in part one and totally in part two.
0: Alright, oh, well, there you go then. Let's let's stick to let's go to Dortmund then. Let's stay in Germany and we'll go to Dortmund. Because we all know about the yellow wall and I think there's yeah. a, a lot of people in the fan base would love to go and sample atmosphere with us being there. Um so yeah, let's do that. That's it, it's even better. Um It'll be a battle of the flags. It would be a battle <laughs> of the flags, wouldn't it? Um and then I think for part three, you have to this is where you start out, make sure that you don't clash countries. Um and I think out of everybody in pot three, I'm thinking maybe, oh, it's tough, you know. And I know there's still, some of these teams have still got to qualify as well. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh God. Let's go to Italy. Let's go to Rome. Let's go to Lazio. Why not?
3: I would have said that if I was you, because I think the fact that we're singing about it so
0: much in the song. Yeah. We have to go the way we'll have, to yeah, we so do, much. don't we? Um, <laughs> Although I, w- I must now caveat all this and say that the group that I would prefer, which is based on easiness to get to in, in, in terms of in, in things like that, and, and a group that I think we theoretically could qualify from, um, I'd be looking at um, um Inter Milan, um, Rangers, if they qualify. Now, I know Rangers is relatively close and it's not really classed, you know, i are go in there next month and I've got my ticket for that game as well. So I'll be going up to Rangers for the pre-season friendly next month. But again, you can get to Rangers. You can get to Feyenoord fairly easy. And I'm sure you would take a little trip down the country to go to Feyenoord yourself, Scott. Um, Absolutely. You know, it, it's 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 one of them, you know, you got to think about... Your, I mean, if it wasn't going to be Rangers, you'd probably want somebody in Portugal. So you're looking at like a Braga. Um, I mean... As much as it would be nice to go out to Poland to play Shakhtar, I don't really fancy going over to Poland for that myself. Um, and then you've got Salzberger an option, but nah. Even Red Star, Belgrade, you, anybody really fancy going out to Serbia? <laughs> um, but yeah, so in terms of the main one, it's a group of death. It's Barcelona, it's Dortmund, and who else did I say? Uh, Lazio. Lazio, yeah, let's go with that.
3: you just got to do that so you can do the Channel 4...
0: Saturday yeah, morning
3: couple as well. Oh that's so yeah. yeah. Ian. Hello, what are you,
1: mate. What is your dream group stage draw? Um it's a similar thought process to Daryl. So there's there's two two avenues I went down. Obviously given that um like tickets for these games will be a million loyalty points and given that i don't have a season ticket um there's no literally no chance of me going to any of the games but for like if i was a fan that had the ability to go to these games i'd want to go to like the biggest and best stadiums so for those reasons i'm just looking at the the little sort of pots that you've got up on um on the screen so PSG like you you want like the big the biggest and the best names to to even to come to St James's so the likes of mm. although I don't think Messi will be there next season by by the looks of it but like the likes of Mbappe and Neymar um although actually I was at a game that featured Neymar at St James's Park uh, when it was the Olympics when he was uh, in the Brazil squad so I have seen him at St James's Park before but um yeah it would be Someone like PSG um, just looking out of pot two. Real Madrid like going to the Bernabeu mm. uh, like that or, or like like Bayern Munich going to the the, the Allianz Arena their ground. Yeah. Um, just just yeah. seeing these like absolutely like phenomenal grounds. Um, I mean,
0: sorry to put in, you yeah, talking about songs there. I mean, we've just been singing about Anthony Gordon and how we're all going to Madrid. So we might as well pick one of those teams somewhere, shouldn't we really? <laughs> um, and I think just, just also to add, I think there's a one in three chance that we'll end up going to Madrid because of how it'll all work out in the draw, because obviously both Madrid teams are in there. And it'll work out in our favour, I think, that we probably will end up in Madrid.
1: Even even Atletico Madrid's ground, uh, yeah, that's the one the, that... their new grounds fairly, fairly, fairly decent. Um, looking at the pot three that we've got in here, um, AC Milan are in there, and I'd, I'm sure they're still at the San Siro. Um So we've we've played obviously played into Milan at the San Siro, but just I think was the the pictures that you've seen from when we're last in the Champions League, where there's like fifteen thousand, twelve thousand yeah. fans or whatever. Absolutely like ridiculous, but then going down the route of the actual chance of getting out the group stage, you'd, you'd look at the easier options. So, um, like fine, the one team that I would not want to face. Is Napoli, and that's simply because yeah. their fans are just absolute. Like, you see, if you follow like <laughs> the stuff like football fooligans or like mm. the football ultras, and you see like their fans are just absolute lunatics. So, I wouldn't fancy going over there and potentially getting mobbed or them just destroying St. James's. Um, pot two, yeah, probably Porto, and then pot three, you'd, you'd look at someone like Rangers or, or Braga. But um, that that would be for like the potential of getting out. But lads was saying on on all the smiling faces. Obviously, if the further you go into the the competition, you're gonna have to play these big teams anyway. But yeah, um, because for me, it's, it, I don't want to be doom and gloom, but I don't want to be embarrassed in the Champions League like so Rangers this season. They, I don't think they um they might have got a point. I can't remember, but they got mm. absolutely hammered. I think it was seven one against Liverpool. Like, I don't want it to be that sort of situation. So yeah, um, that's the two routes that I've went through.
4: All I'll say with that is I I'm sure we still hold the record for the only team to lose their first three games.
0: Mm-hmm. Of the first stage. It's, it's been quarter. matched. It's been matched. Re- it's been matched in the last couple of years. I think um, sadly, but happen. we 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 are the first. We can claim to be the first. Nobody else can be the first. We're the first team to do it. And the other thing I would also mention again, just jumping in. Um, There's a history with Feyenoord as well. We've got history with Feyenoord from our last Champions League campaign. It'd be lovely to go and do that again. Not necessarily in the same sort of circumstances. I don't want to have to come like Mm -hmm. both 2-1 up and then go back to 2-2 and, and, you know, win it in the last minute. No, Thanks, Craig Bellamy. Um, But, you know, know, there's history there. And I know, again, it it comes back, yeah, yeah, but we've been there. But, you know, this is the first time we've done it in 20 years. Wouldn't it be nice to sort of like intertwine it with stuff that happened 20 years ago? Do a reunion tour. Yeah, do a <laughs> reunion to us. Why not? It'll be fun. Yeah. Um well
3: for me, um, I'm obviously going to pick Firenode uh, for pop one, um, because I can Jump on it. Well, I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to say the same thing for for you know another couple of teams as well. But I can literally just jump on a train and be in Feyenoord in about twenty minutes. So Look at I'm me, picking I'm
2: that. The country. Yeah.
3: I would. Well, it's, only, it's the same. It's the same country, mate. I don't have to cross a border. That's the that's the reason I want to go to <laughs> Um Hello, Daniel. You might we're know this. If me. PSV were to qualify, would they be pot three or four? PSV, uh, you're going to
5: have to just, I imagine, three off the top of my head. I think they've got a coefficient in the 40s. If they are in three,
3: then I would prefer PSV. Uh be-
5: Or a pot, would be a pot three. They've got a because, coefficient of 43. Yep.
3: Yeah. So that would be, so that's just going back to the, the thing that Daryl just mentioned about kind mm. of the history, the PSV game would be a nice one. Um So if, if I'm picking PSV for pot three, I'll go back to my pot one and I'm going to pick Borussia
5: Dortmund. Um they're not in pot one anymore. They're in pot two. Oh, they're not, are they? They're
3: right. pot okay. two now, yeah. You've got, you've got <laughs> well, I'll pick Bayern Munich then, because who doesn't <laughs> want to go to that stadium? Um, and then for pot two, it's got to be Inter Milan, just because of the Italy. You've mm. got, we've got to go to Italy, the fact that we're singing about it. So, um, And again, I, I don't think Inter Milan are fully qualified yet, but think they will definitely be in part two because of the I think Sevilla and Roma have ninety two points. Mm-hmm. Um again just looking at what we've got here in this on this little screen. Side of uh, one or two for Inter. Yeah. Well it, you know one of the Italian teams but I again I, I think I agree with Ian I want to avoid Napoli um just because of you know the fan base. Um it would be a nice place to go and I think it's it's steep in history but uh, to go and watch a game of football, and if you do well there, I don't know if it's, it's quite easy to get out. So, yeah, so um, <laughs> I'm going to go Bayern Munich. I'm going to go, uh, what did I say? Uh, Inter Milan, and I'm going to go PSV Eindhoven if they qualify, and if they don't, it's Node. then I would pick uh, Dortmund uh, to swap me pots one and two around, and then I would s- probably go somewhere like Lazio um, as a as a final little league, yeah. uh just like you, Daryl. Um I do also have a, a good friend who I work with who's a Borussia Dortmund fan. Um, he was gutted last week when, uh, when they threw away the title in, in the fashion <laughs> that they did. Um, so it it'll would be, it'll be, it'll be good to go to a game with him because he's probably got more chance of getting a ticket in his end and I can go and sit with him and just be quiet for 90 <laughs> minutes and um, I have a chance of getting a ticket uh, for the Newcastle end. Um, Daniel? As our Champions League expert, I'm going to come to you next, mate. Right. What's your, what's your dream? What's your, what's your dream group?
5: Yeah, so I'll do it the same as everyone else, dream and then realistic. So my dream, it's it's a toss-up, obviously, between PSG and Bayern Munich. Um, I'm going to say Munich because I, I've never been to Bavaria. I've been to Germany, but I've never been to Bavaria. And it just looks like an amazing place. It'd be good to actually, take, you know, book a couple of days off work, have a couple of days around the area. Um, yeah, it's and that arena looks amazing. I think it's it, it's becoming borderline iconic, and it's relatively new. Mm-hmm. Uh, not been there that long. Um, I think that the lights on the outside of that stadium really,
3: yeah, yeah really it doesn't look like anything else.
5: And I think as well. With PSG, I think it's a little too early for the Qatar versus Saudi Arabia backstory. I oh, think
3: we're not too
5: yeah. early in that development yet to be to fit to be shoehorned into that situation. <laughs> but I'm going to go with Munich. Um, and the reason I've not included uh, Barcelona in that list is a the stadium thing. B I actually do want to play someone different. Um, but also because if I pick Barcelona, I can't pick Real Madrid. In Real Madrid. Mm everyone's dream team they are the champions league team more champions leagues than anyone else the infamous white kit that spans across the atlantic ocean and south america that makes every south american ever want to play for them um they are just the biggest team in the world i think they're the richest team in the world technically in terms of club value uh they have the most winners recently. Like all their players have won like five Champions Leagues. It's insanity. So if you want Dream, it just has to be Real Madrid. And obviously as we mentioned earlier on, the there is the song now we're all going to Madrid, so that'll be perfect. But also the yeah. Burn out is that had a little renovation, had one
0: yeah.
5: last year, I think, last season. Last, last season during yeah.
0: during during the pandemic, I think it had a bit a bit of a job done, didn't it?
5: Because uh, I remember when, they, when
0: they're building on it this season, or am I thinking of a different team?
3: It was because I wasn't it was the bottom chair, the bottom chair, well, yeah.
5: yeah, yeah, because yeah. they uh they got absolutely spanked off Shakhtar Donetsk at uh, the training ground, didn't they? Um, yeah. well, in the first half, then they clawed it back a bit, but they still got B3 2. So, there's it's just unquestionably this is what Champions League dreams are made of. I've waited 20 years, I want. The team that that is synonymous with the Champions League. Hot um, three is a tough one because you said earlier on, but I'd actually quite like a, a Serbian away day. I like going random places. I'm going to Slovenia in like two weeks, so I like going to places like that. Might be a bit cold depending on how late we get. Uh, the away day. You, you, you want the <laughs> first game away for yeah. sure. Um, and I'd be a little nervous with with lack with Lazio because of um, their ultras are mental mm, also AC Milan that stadium is shocking they were meant to renovate they were meant to just move entirely I think they ended yeah. up playing Bergamo at Atlanta Stadium for a bit and I've seen a lot of um, bizarrely enough Tottenham fans posting how terrible the stadium is at the field and safe and I don't think it's been touched since the last time we were there which is probably quite scary Um <laughs> Uh, so
4: now this is park. Yeah. yeah. yeah,
5: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I well, I kinda of wanna pick Lazio. Uh, but I am actually gonna pick Salzburg. I think uh Salzburg's a nice city. I've been for a few hours on my way somewhere else to Austria. And that's where all the young upcoming talents come from. Yeah. Uh, obviously Haaland was there for a period, Dominic Sobersley, who have been linked with. He went to Leipzig from there. Pat and Dackers went from there. Um they just seem to have this just this belt of players coming through. They're like the uh the, the Austrian Southampton of <laughs> ten years ago. And I think it would just be a really good scouting job. I think it'd be a really good city to visit. And they're a, they're a good attacking team. And I think would actually have a good crack at beating them, to be fair. So I think that would be like a, I think that would provide a really good game of football, Salzburg versus Newcastle. So I think I'd go for that opposed to just the away game. If you wanted what I'd have to actually get through, Fire unquestionably, then I'd still pick Real Madrid. And the reason for that is you don't want a team that people can take points off of. You've only got to finish. Mm. You want yeah. a team that is going to go out there and batter everyone else, so that it's a straight shoot out for second spot. Um, that's my opinion, at least. Um, yeah. and you what you definitely want Rangers, not only because they're not great. There are some other not great teams in there as well, but it's thinking about short trip. Exactly. Mm. You don't. They probably don't need to take a flight. They can probably get a train. Um, it's a very short trip. Similar sort of weather to the UK. Well, it's in the UK. What I should to say. similar. But <laughs> <sorry, laughs> I meant to say, um, very especially Newcastle. It's only a couple hours up the road, so they play the similar similar type of football. I think it's understated how difficult it is playing like on the continent because footballing styles are different, and some players just aren't quite used to that style. And you might have better players, but just being unfamiliar is. Is a detriment, and I think we would be really familiar with Rangers. I think we'll we play them in a friendly every single yeah. year. Um, we've got one next month, exactly. So I think that would be the that would be the smart pick. Trying to think of maintaining league form, and it's I think people are saying, "Oh yeah, we're in one extra cup this year. We're not we're in two because we got knocked out the FA Cup in the third yeah. round, the first round for us. So we're actually yeah we played in two competitions last year. We're going to be in four. The last thing we need is to be jet-setting across all across Europe, as, as the dream would be, as we mentioned in the, the first set of parts, but if you're looking at it pragmatically for everything as a whole unfortunately it is the least glamorous pick, but it would be Rangers
3: No, I think I, agree. I think you, you made a good point there about the players not playing, because we have a lot of, we have a lot of players who haven't played any, you know, any teams outside of the UK really yeah. Um and that's even on an international level you know i mean the the maybe's you know one or two of them from a, from a young age but they've spent a lot of their career in the uk and they haven't been playing in europe for for a long time obviously there's a transfer window open obviously we are bringing in new players so that that will change and help that but um you know we'll see what happens there because uh, that'll be that'll be interesting to see how we adapt but I, I do think we've got the team but the other thing with that is as well with daniel is we don't have a manager or An assistant manager who have any European experience, either so yeah. there's always that to consider because how do they react? Obviously, Eddie Howe went over to Madrid, uh, and in and, and you know, watch Simeone, and I think he'd watch a few other as a few other managers as well. So, you maybe he's got a good idea, and you'd like to think he does, but he doesn't. You know, you can have all the practice in the world, but when you step out on that pitch, even as a manager in the dugout, it's a different ball game if you're sitting mm. in the Bernabeu to if you're sitting, you know you know, somewhere like like you mentioned Rangers or somewhere, it's going to be totally different. Um, Joe, mate, last but certainly not least, let us have your picks for your dream Champions League group stage.
4: Sure. So the lads have done a very, very good job of talking through probably most of the the favourites and certainly some of the ones that I was going to pick. But I'll choose, I've I've got three that haven't been uh, really spoken about, so I'll keep it fresh. But before I do, I would like to quickly speak about two teams that I would in an ideal world love to have. And first one being Barcelona, Daryl's already mentioned it. There's I feel like there's some unspoken connection between Newcastle and Barcelona, and it could just be that we have fond memories of our Games against them, and obviously, as Darrell's mentioned about um, Sir Bobby and his experience with them, both as a manager for us and as a manager with them. Yes, Real Madrid are synonymous with the Champions League. I mean, they've won it what fifteen times now, or something. Um, it, whatever it is, but I think there's a certain romanticism about Barcelona in getting them in the Champions League that just can't really be matched, in my opinion. So, if we got them, I think it would be it would be really special. Um, it obviously would hark back to a you know a classic era for us. Now, part two, I mean, come on, like Dortmund, it, yeah, the Yellow Wall, the, the the Battle of the Flags. It would. I feel like Dortmund fans, Newcastle fans, have long been compared or at least complemented with each other. Um, just for how I guess ferocious and how passionate both fan bases are in their respective leagues. They do stand out and. I think it would just be a great matchup, and hopefully, you know, you'd hope that it would actually make a great away day for both sets of fans. And I think that it would be very amicable. And um, yeah, I just think it would be a great time all round, to be honest. And it would be a challenging game. But we'll go for my actual three, which haven't—I don't think have actually been mentioned yet. Um, and top one, I'm going to go for Ben Benfica, and Ooh. the reason why because I want some—I want some revenge. I want some revenge for that quarterfinal, man. It's been too long. Now they put up <laughs> a good fight. They put up a good fight, but I still feel that we could have snatched that. Um, that you know that that game, and it would be really nice. It would be quite something for our. You know that that was our last touch of Europe, what ten years ago, and potentially it could be one of our first games back. I think that would be quite something. So I think I think uh, yes, a, a nice little story there would be getting Benfica in in the pot. Now pot two, um, I'm going to go for Atletico Madrid, and I th- and the reason why is because of Eddie Howe and his story. Uh, you've you've just mentioned there, Scott. He went to Spain and he, he's spoken several times about how he's learned from the Simeone and that. Uh, so it, I think it'd be really interesting for. I guess a student to have come away have, has learned developed and then come back to you know was being a teacher a mentor for him and, and to have that matchup. and not only that I do think that Atletico Madrid and Newcastle share a lot of similarities in terms of their game their hard working yeah. their pace their strength their absolute shithousery it would be a great matchup.
5: worst football game of all time it if absolutely would be great. For <laughs> 35 <laughs> minutes to <there laughs> be 8 red <laughs> you would love
4: Joe Linton to get sent off in the first half and oh, I would what? just declare someone it would be fucking glorious wouldn't it would be back <laughs> from
5: the Champions League
4: I know but wouldn't it be worth it
0: Joe Linton goes through Luis Suarez <laughs> in two minutes
4: oh maybe absolutely beautiful Steve so yeah, there's a, also. yeah there's, a, there's a yeah, there's a certain finesse about the whole thing which I would just <laughs> absolutely
5: love
4: so yeah I'd like to go Madrid I, I'm going to have as my um Choice in part two, and then part three. I mean, this one is just pretty simple and pretty selfish. I want AC Milan because I'm going to Italy in September, and my itinerary just happens to work out that on game week one, I'm in Milan. And (laughs) if we get them, there's what a one in six chance that we'll be playing there when I'm there. So I'm going for AC Milan, but also they're a giant of European football, and it would be it would be fantastic to play against them. And I actually think would have a pretty good chance of winning. So they're my three. Yep. Benfica, Atletico Madrid and AC Milan.
3: Excellent. Well, what are your picks? You, the listener, let us know right, right into the Gallagher Shots Twitter channel uh, and uh, let us know your top three picks for your Champions League. And we'll find out sooner or later. Uh, the, the draw's in middle of July, isn't it, if I remember rightly? It's um, so not the end of August. August, of August. Yeah. It's the end
0: of August.
5: It's
0: um, the end of August. Just to go. come in again there, Scott, there's a couple of other teams that I think we need to give a little shout out to as well. And again, it it's a little bit of history and a little bit of interesting fact as well. So obviously with everything going on in Eastern Europe at the minute, you know, Shakhtar Donetsk could now currently playing their games in Poland. I think yeah. it would mean we'd have to have a trip to Krakow of all places to go and play them there. I mean, you're yeah, looking at, again, I think we mentioned it before we came on about it being like Stagdew City here. You know, it could be a, a, a big European magpie, Stagdew at this rate. Um, I, so that's one know. of them. Um, And I think, you know, there's history in there. There's the potential for us to see Dinamo Zagreb in yeah. in the group stage there who could make it into pot three if they qualify. Again, history. There's a lot of history there with Dinamo Zagreb. Um, we've got them, I think, was it them that knocked us out? Or was that Partizan Belgrade? Partizan Belgrade. Was it Partizan? But we've played. I'm, play, I'm pretty sure we played Dinamo Zagreb at some point.
5: Um, and the, in the group that were lost, the three we played Dynamo Kiev, didn't we? I
0: was mm-hmm. in Kiev, right? I um, think
5: when we beat them two one, I believe. Yeah, I was, so I should know.
0: And then you have got potential to to come up against Red Star Belgrade as well, which is Serbia, which is would be interesting, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean. To be fair, any of the teams, I, I agree with um, Joe actually about Braga. Um, eh, not Braga, Benfica. Um, we're doing, we do revenge pretty well these days. Um, So that would be quite nice to go and extract a bit of revenge on them after the efforts we've done this season with Man United at home after the League Cup final and uh, rescuing, the, well, salvaging all those demons from the city ground at Nottingham Forest after what happened there in the Championship a few years ago. Um, So th- there's a lot of permutations a lot of history and a lot of stories to go with this this forthcoming Champions League campaign and mm. it's not very I don't think it's very often you can say there's a story behind nearly every game that we could play but that there will be and as much as we're we haven't played in the in Champions League for 20 years and it, we're coming into this almost as new but we've still got that history because of what went on before um and it's funny, you know. When you know we were talking about Salzburg before, don't they come under the the Red Bull umbrella? Yeah, they, they do, do, don't yeah. they? Because I yeah. think is it um, who was the lad we're being linked with again? Saba
5: yeah. So he came that's from, him, yeah. From Salzburg to Leipzig,
0: yeah. So and you, know, you I mean, there's even the chance that they then, you know, the, those two clubs could meet in a group. Yeah, you know, it, it could be really, you know, like you say, it's another one of those things where it could be a story sort of thing, Um but one thing's for sure it's going to be a hell of a raid and i'm glad we're on it
2: yeah
3: yep and we will be making our own new stories for this <laughs> one and hopefully we won't have to wait as long before we're back in the competition um you know maybe it won't be next the, the season after next but certainly the season after after i think we'll be you know up there contending but who knows maybe we'll go ahead and we'll win the entire thing next season i mean why the hell not um Easy.
5: We'll do it. <laughs> if Spurs could get to a final, we can get to a final. Isn't the final mm-hmm. in yeah. England as well? Isn't it's it? it's Wembley, in yeah. It's yeah. Wembley. It's in Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
3: So here, here's a question before we end up. Would you rather get to the Champions League final at Wembley this season or or not and get it the season after where it's somewhere like in Turkey or in I've Spain been, or somewhere no, no. like that? I CG, have
4: teased way too much for a win at Wembley recently for us to not get one I would love to see us <laughs> yeah, finish the ugly. job and you know what fuck it win. I
5: want Man United in the final as well
1: before replay full
5: replay let's get it done we could has to be next year because if we won it next year that means that we're finishing the top four this year like mm. that makes sense we'll have to finish yeah. in the top four yeah. qualify so that means if, we, if you win it then then it means that at least we're qualified
3: we got two years
5: Well, to will be fair if we did win it this year then you qualify anyway for winning it don't you It's so what about yeah. it? nonsense <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially for years. that
0: new format as well isn't it because it's a new format next year it'll be top right, five, top yeah. five.
2: Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah yeah next year that crazy league bad. of however many teams it ends up in um, okay, we'll move on because we, we've gone on for a little while on that one. That's so <laughs> a good my topic. We might cut one of the topics by the end of this one, but we'll, we'll definitely move on. So we're going to move on to Scranny Chatter. And I know this is the reason why some people actually only listen to this podcast. So we're going to move on to the food section because <laughs> why the hell not? We've spoken about Newcastle in football and in Champions League and we've developed a little bit of an appetite. We're sticking with a travel theme. We're sticking with not European, but uh, with a travel theme of any favourite cuisine or food you've had whilst you were abroad. Um, I'll kick us off with this one because I've, you, I've, I think I mentioned this before on the podcast, but when I first moved to the Netherlands, I used to travel every single week to a different city in a different country to do my job. And because I was on expenses, I used to eat in some pretty nice restaurants throughout the week, every night of the week. It was outstanding, but it really taxing on air. Uh, on the old mentals and on and on the tiredness, but um, I was thinking about this when Ian brought this topic up, and I was like, "Well, where have I been? What have I done?" And and you know, you can have steaks and all that sort of stuff anywhere, and it's really nice. And yeah, whatever. I was in Oslo, in in uh, in Norway, and uh, there's a place in Oslo. It's right next to the train station, right in the center. So if you've never been to Oslo, you get off the train from the airport because it's miles away at uh, the airport. You get off the train and you kind of you're in this little square and you've got stuff like the Hard Rock Cafe and all that like around you right next to the square, but behind the train station, I believe it's where the Hilton Hotel is. Underneath, I might be might be it's a different hotel. Doesn't matter. Um, underneath there is a restaurant called Den Glad Griss, or I'm guessing it means uh, something about grilling pigs because what they sell are um. Pork knuckles. You got a big pork knuckle with a huge knife in it. I'm talking like Mick Dundee, this is a knife, knife. <laughs> like it's coming out. But that's not the food that really started for me. Yes, that was outstanding. And, and yes, it was really good. They cooked it really well. Uh, it's cooked low and slow. It's got really crispy crackling. It's amazing. But for starter, I had whale. Oh, whale. no. And it was whale, whale. steaks of of, of whale. Mm-hmm. Now, you see whale on the menu, you think, I'm gonna order it. Why the hell not? Even <laughs> if it's awful, why not? Do you know what? It's quite nice. Um, it's very salty, as you could probably imagine. Um there was no like there's no skin in it or anything, so it's not like rubbery or anything. It was the the meat of the, the whale. Um and when I asked, I was like, I'm not eating like an endangered Species of whale and they're like no no no, these whales actually are a menace to our fishermen, and they they kill our hunt of our like our fish, so we have to kill them because it's it's kind of like control because they're killing all the fish which is then killing other things so they're they're killing the whales for that reason so I mean I'm not anyone who cares about that sort of thing when it comes to for food like I'll eat anything I'm not vegan I'm not like anything like that but I did ask because <laughs> it's whale. Um, but yeah, it was these. I think I've got a photo of it somewhere, so I'll, I'll try and fish it out for for, the, for Twitter. But it's these Wait. like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mean that, I didn't even mean fish it out. Um,
3: but yeah, uh, there were like, exactly. it was like gray, just yeah, gray steaks, and it, it tasted like very, very salty chicken. Um, you weren't selling this at nice? all. I just, no. like, it was, it was what? nice, it came what? with like a nice little sauce.
4: For those um, for those listening, Dan's had his head in his, ha- um, his head in his hands for the last like five minutes.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: um, but yeah. So I ate whale in 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 Oslo in Norway. Um, I've ate loads of other things like other places as well. Um, I think I had alligator steaks in. Um, I can't remember where that was. I think I might have even been in Florida. So yeah, I've had alligator in the past as well. But uh, yeah, in in if you ever get to Oslo. They may have them anywhere else in the Nordics as well, but I'd, I've been here twice because uh, I've been to Oslo a couple of times with work. And, um, yeah, it's really good food. The pork knuckle alone is worth it. And why not get the whale? Because I think, I think you get a, a, a starter remain in a dessert. For, I think it was 35. It's not euros they use over there, is it? No, it'll be... Um, I mean,
5: one of the issues... Owners. Is eating large things like that. So uh, there's a bit, Have any of you seen the documentary The Cove? But no, I, no. I recommend that everyone watch The Cove. Um, it's basically a documentary about um, a small village in Japan that basically round up of 100,000 um, dolphins every year, murder most of them, and then send the rest off to sea world. Uh, and it's horrible, but uh, it basically, what the people of that region don't realize is that the dolphin meat is getting sold as, like, other fish meat, like tuna steaks and all this sort of stuff. And um, one of the, like, the undercover things that they did for the documentary was, like, while well, they were shaking people's hands, so if they were taking, like, demon hair off them. I don't know. That's a bit sus. But um, they found out that they all had, like, mercury poisoning, and they they did, like, a lot of research. And things like whales, dolphins, because they're top end and they eat they eat things a bit smaller – but then they eat things that are smaller, they eat things that are smaller, except for obviously plankton feeders. um. So that they build up a massive amount of mercury, which is very, very dangerous for your health. So I wouldn't recommend eating whale p- very often. Otherwise, um,
2: <laughs>
5: it's very poisonous.
3: That, that made why the portions are small. Yeah.
5: <laughs> but it was a starter. It's essentially the same as, like, radiation poisons. So if, if you actually do get mercury poison, then your children are going to be born with 72 yeah. bombs and 12 <laughs> eyes. I didn't
3: give it a very glowing <laughs> review, so... No, great
5: radiation. <laughs> Still
4: had a whale of a time.
3: I yeah. love <laughs> <laughs> e- e- br- a fracking, although that a, uh, that's a octopus. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Joe, mate, uh, let's have yours.
4: Oh, God. It's, uh, it's not going to top well, um, well, uh, I was in Bruges uh, a couple of years ago, and there was a really, really awesome um, place just off the main square. If you've ever been to Bruges, you know that it's not the biggest place, but it is brilliant, and I recommend it to anyone. Um, just off the main square, there's a place that's called Bones, and it's essentially all you can eat ribs and jack of potatoes and stuff, and... They just basically bring a bottle of wine and just put it on your table. And it's like 20 euros or
5: something each.
4: And it's literally like fill your boots. And it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, so if we... Uh, yeah, a little bit sad because I don't think we're going to be getting Rouge in the uh, Champions League next year. I was really hoping that we could toss- possibly draw them. But I think they're probably Europa League now. So it's a shame. but Because I know we have played them before. We have played them before. Um But yeah, uh, I was at at Budapest uh, back in, what was it, January? Uh, January, yeah. And there's a place, right? It's called Bores. And it's just next to the Ruins Bars, one of the main Ruins Bars. And it's a really small place, quite unassuming. You go in and it's just full of like, weird, cool memorabilia. Like there's loads of like, Star Wars stuff, just like sort of graffiti sort of on the walls and that. But it's really, it's really cool. It's just like a little like, Takeaway place, but they do the best soup and baguette I've ever had in my life. It is
3: unbelievable. <laughs> soup and baguette. Did he, Did soup you
5: Did go for the a baguette. Literally, the I, I, oh, I, of <laughs> course you do. Yeah, <laughs>
3: do, you know, oh, do you want know to one of eat Do you not? Do not bite the end off both and hollow a hole out and use it as a straw? <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> 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 do that with Twix's. Yeah, <laughs> what a plan that is. You'd have to have some sucking oh, power to suck through a baguette. <laughs> It'd be a mini <laughs> baguette or a big baguette. <laughs> uh-huh. You'd have to be like the fucking Dyson Hoover. it are probably absorbing the bread before it got to your Pretty
4: mouth. To to the, a bread to the test. I we want one of, the, one of the, one <laughs> the summer videos we've got. But um, yeah, no, it's <laughs> unreal. Like I say, it's next to the uh ruins bars so you can go for a few pints or whatever and then you can literally pop out and it's just there. But it is phenomenal. We had um we had like it was like a spicy tomato soup with it had um like melted cheese in it as well. And it Ooh, was nice. it was beautiful. It's beautiful. Um nice. yeah. Also when I was in Lisbon um I had this it was it was a goat's cheese cigar it was called. I don't know if you've ever had it. Um yeah, we have had something like that. It was it was really nice, and then we'll had it with like these like, high cam croquettes. It was only starters as well. We had I ended up having like duck. I had duck for uh, the mains, but yeah, those cheese cigars. It was weird, but it was really good, really good stuff. Have you ever seen that on the menu,
3: when you were in um, Portugal, did you have a fr Fran-
4: Francesina? You know what, uh, what is, is it? No, what is it?
3: Oh, it's a Portuguese <laughs> sandwich, right? And it's um it's white bread thick white bread with like spam almost but it's it's like cured ham and okay. sausage uh, and steak or any roast meat basically and they cover it in melted cheese uh. oh, and serve it with chips yeah. you get it from like Me? and the, uh, oh. chips and then it's got gravy on the top of it as well oh. it is outstanding but your arteries clog after, like, two bites. <laughs> you get them from the greasiest of places. But, yeah, it's it's um, – it, they're outstanding. I, I, yeah. I've got a friend who's Portuguese, and when I was going to – I think I was going to Lisbon for a job, and he was like, you've got to get one. I was like, but I've got – like, I'm on, like, expenses. I can get what I want. He's like, it'll cost you five quid. It'll be the best meal you'll ever have. I was like, all right, okay, no bother. Yeah. Um.
4: Send, yeah, send, send me a link or send, or send me how it's spelled or whatever. Um. After this, because I want to check check that out. Yeah. And finally, actually, one last thing. In Scott, you'll know about this. dell. Dutch Friedel. Yeah. I think it's Dutch, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I had it in Amsterdam. I assume, I'm pretty sure it's Dutch. But that is chef's kiss. It is just proper greasy food, but it is phenomenal. It's, I love it. It's
3: basically a sausage roll with curry sauce in it, right? Is that the one you're I, talking about? Pre- yeah.
5: I pretty much. Yeah. They're but it's just Unbelievable. Get on to Greg's.
3: I... Get on to Greg's. I'm telling you, um, it's <laughs> funny that you mentioned the ribs before. One thing they love over here is spare ribs. So if you're ever in Amsterdam, there's a tip for anyone, if you're ever in Amsterdam and you want the best ribs you'll ever have, there's a place called Café de Clos. Um You can't book a table, and it's very, very small, but you turn up, the guy's at the door with a clipboard, you'll take your name, and you've got to go to the pub across the road to get tanked up on beer, and then you'll you will come and get you and you can take your beer over into the, into the cafe. But they do a mixed rib uh, deal so you get dry ribs and wet ribs with sides and potatoes and chips and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, outstanding. The best ribs you'll ever have. Café de Clos in Amsterdam. Uh, we will move on to Daryl. Where have you well, been? And we, we don't class food carts on trains no. as travel with <laughs> food. No, no absolutely
0: not. Um, well, in, in my little life, my little adventures abroad have been few and far between, and I've only ever really been to three places outside of the UK. Um, and one of them you wouldn't really class as being abroad because it's only Dublin. Um, and I've been to Lille. The EU. It's still the EU. So, well, classic. yeah. Um, and I've been to Lille, and I've been, obviously, as mentioned earlier, at Barcelona. Um, Barcelona is the place I've been to the most abroad, and Lille. It comes in, in the same banner as Barcelona um, because I tend to go for football reasons. So I went to Lille to watch um, Russia versus Slovakia in Euro 2016 um, and Barcelona, obviously, to go and watch Barcelona play. Um, I have a very nice affinity with Barcelona. Uh, first time I ever went was when I was at university um, and we went over there for a field week, um, which was an amazing time. Um, pretty much a free guided tour. Um by, like with the lectures and that, and we, we got to see pretty much everything you would want to see in Barcelona at that point. Um, and the first and second time I went to Barcelona, um, we went to a restaurant which very sadly is not there anymore. But I'm still gonna tell you the story because it's one of the best lamb shanks that I've ever had in my life. Um, <laughs> and it was it was a lamb shank that was roasted and it just fell off the bone. <laughs> um and it was roasted with different herbs and and tomatoes and that and it came with these roast potato rosemary roast potatoes um and it was outstanding it was like i say one of the best i've ever had um there's another restaurant in barcelona that you you see on some i think most if you ever watch any sort of food program or anybody that goes on a food tour they'll always pop by this little place and it's just along the lane from that restaurant in particular and it was also along the lane from where we were staying at the time um and it's it's very well known and it's a place where on the actual corner on the outside they have um this open fire where they spit roast all the chickens that they're going to like serve in the restaurant and all (laughs) stop it Ian so they they... (laughs) so they have all the (laughs) well you know Um, so they have all the chickens roasting on the outside against this open fire and it's very well known for it and I think um as a point of reference I think there's an old Rick Stein series where he went there and they they do all they talked about everything like that anyway. Um and again if you're in Barcelona and you want to experience it, you need to go to the famous market la boqueria um which is very traditional Spanish market Catalan market even. Um and if you go in there and you you sort of like see the sheep's heads and god knows what else and any sort of seafood you want you can find it in there. Um I think when I first went, uh, my immediate thought was that the Health and Safety Food executive would have some sort of field day in there because it just looked a bit, you know, because of the way it is. It you, it, it almost seems as if there should be some sort of disease or something going around in there, just because the way everything seems to be open <laughs> up. Like it's, it's just the way everything is open. And, and <laughs> but it, it's an amazing open market, and I've, I think I've popped in every time since to have a look around, and it's it's never changed. And it's it's. I haven't eaten in there because I, I'm a little bit particular on food. And, and I've got a few tapas bars in there, but it's it, it, it does look amazing. Um, nice. But, yeah, that would probably be about as far as I would go, to be honest. Um, but, awesome. again, it, it is really nice. And as, as much as I do like my food, I need to try and go further afield and try some more places. Like some of the stuff you guys have already mentioned, yeah, I need to go. Do it. Have a whale of a time. <laughs> <laughs>
5: So we'll come to you next, uh, Daniel. Um, where have you been and what have you ate? I've been to far too many places. Uh, so I was trying <laughs> to narrow it down when you told us earlier on. So and then obviously you've just thrown whale at us. <laughs> like, well, what weird stuff like you? Other know, than like bugs and random stuff like that. Uh, so I'll start with the best food I've ever eaten. Um, so I've had Kobe beef in Japan, and wow. whenever you watch like them YouTubers that go. And you, you see the meat and they pull those funny faces and you go, oh, you're putting that face on. I actually think they're toning it down. That is how <laughs> good it is. Uh, unfortunately, there was a restaurant in Kyoto who now all know my face when I first put it in because that is how good it was. It was a disgraceful, disgraceful 20 minutes of my life. But if I could recommend anyone eat anything, it would, especially if you go to Japan, go to that region and have Kobe beef. It's like it's unbelievable. It's very expensive, but it's it's worth it. And it's quite filling as well, even though you get like such a small amount because it is ninety percent fat. And it's basically the texture of butter, but it tastes like delicious cow. Sorry to all the vegans. <laughs> um so I thought I'd start with that. In terms of like something a bit more obscure in terms of when you were saying like you've had alligator. I've been to South Africa before. And you know normally if you order a mixed grill, you you sort of get your pork chop, a lamb chop. Uh, You get your sausage, chicken breast, that's dry. I went to a place called Mama Africa, and their mixed grill was about 18 quid. Cheap this out. You got a fillet of ostrich, fillet of kudu, it's like a type of deer, fillet of springbok, which is like an antelope, a warthog skewer, uh, and then a crocodile on the side. And it was nice. all absolutely delicious. You got a couple of African sides. Wouldn't recommend those. Um, they weren't very nice. But the meat was unbelievable, really cheap. And a bit random. You, go, you also get like a warthog platter. Not a warthog, sorry. A wildebeest platter, which I had another night. So if you ever go to South Africa, it's really cheap. The food quality is as outstanding as you'll ever find in terms of meat. Um, if you If you do eat meat, it's... It'd be like the number one place where you want to go. All the places I've been, it's just absolutely outrageous. Um, in terms of a bit closer at home, I thought I'd go for some other shouts like uh so. Italy. you said you're going to Italy, didn't you? Whereabouts in Italy are you going?
4: Yep. Uh, I'm going all about the shop, mate. We're doing it in railing, so mm, a lot of the major cities. In
5: the so. North. It, so, you're doing the Null. So, Verona's famous for risotto. It's where risotto was invented. But mm. it's also next to uh, where they make Amarone wine. So, when you're in Verona, if you go to Verona, if you're doing that sort of stretch, mm. um, you can get a risotto that's made using Amarone red wine. Because normally, risotto is made with white. And it's just packed full of Parmesan cheese as well. And it is, that's really, really good. <laughs> so, I highly recommend trying that when you go. If anyone ever makes it down to Naples, there's a little town. That's where we're starting. Uh, are you starting in Naples? Perfect, right? This is ideal for you. So to the west of Naples, there's a small town called Pozzuoli. On the way from Naples to Pozzuoli, you can stop off at the uh, the Maradona Stadium for Napoli Stadium. That's on the way there, so you can have a little jaunt. And then Pozzuoli pizzas are just unbelievable. Uh, but what a lot of places tend to do, um, and I'll get the name of the place for you, Joe, and I'll, I'll let you know one of them, because it's like a bit of a sports bar, so you think, oh, the food might not be very good and it was unbelievable. Um you yeah, get your normal base for pizza. But they also do two other types of bases. One a pistachio cream and one a pumpkin cream. And they're both just ex- exceptional for no reason whatsoever. I don't know why. Um but potswoli pizzas are better than the pizzas in Naples. Uh so I'd say that. Um and then lastly because I've just been to Mexico so I may as well say something about Mexico. Um I went to the Pacific side, not Cancun or anything. And what I didn't realize is that they love putting pineapple on things. So next time you're making tacos at <laughs> home, right, put loads of coriander on top and then loads of pineapple as a garnish. Like, don't cook it or anything. Just chop it up small and put it on top, and it's unbelievable. They also have, like, this peanut salsa, which I'd never had before, uh, unnecessarily spicy. So it was just me screaming, agua por favor. <laughs> and then putting more on my neck for so thinking who was this psychopath you've you're borderline in tears but it was just too delicious so if you ever get a chance if you ever make your own salsa roast some peanuts and put that in as well so pineapple and peanuts in tacos who would have thought
3: i've got a, a pineapple chipotle hot sauce that i usually oh. use and it's outstandingly good for uh, for that sort of stuff for tacos and Putting on quesadillas, that sort of thing. Yeah, very, very mm. nice. It's funny you mentioned mixed grill. It You, you brought me back to memory. I was in Marmaris in Marmerson, Turkey. Yeah. And I had a mixed grill. And the and the guy was like, oh, he wasn't, he didn't. So I think it was like a bit of beef, bit of pork, bit of chicken, all that. And he, he didn't ask us how I wanted the meat cooked. So I was like, other people wrote always like, oh, by the way, can I have the meat rare? He went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the chicken? I was like, no, 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 no. I don't, don't, don't want rare chicken, but I'll have, I'll have rare steak. But, yeah, you, you can cook the chicken all the way through. He didn't, he didn't know that I – like, I would assume if I said to someone who served me in a restaurant, oh, can I have the meat rare, you're not going to – well, if, I would hope if, you're if, not going to cook the chicken rare. You need <laughs> no bale um,
5: meat, that's what you want rare.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, to be honest, you may have had this in Japan, they do do chicken sashimi. Um, oh, that's raw chicken, isn't it? Yeah, Well, it's, it's cooked around the outside to the right temperature where apparently it kills the salmonella, but I think it's like, you know, the fish on The Simpsons where you play on mm-hmm. Dyson with Death, where <laughs> yeah. you, you might die. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I might draw the line at that.
5: I'll tell you what is weird in Japan, food-wise. Do you know, um everyone's seen Toy Story? Yeah. Do you know, do you know the claw where it's like trying to pick up them green aliens? Oh, yeah. And them They're sort brown. of, like, them sort of, like games here, obviously you're trying to win prizes and stuff like that. In Japan, in Tokyo, there's that principle, but it's for food. And it's like, it's sushi and stuff. So the, obviously it must be geared that you win more often, but it's like a vending machine type thing. But instead of selecting, it, it drops out. You've got to use the claw to go and pick up the food that you want. And all I can think of is like, that's just in the sun. Like with a glaring through, mm. it must be rotten. Who was, who was deciding to gamble on the dinner like that? <laughs> like what is happening Gambling on
3: your week, not your dinner, mate? That's a uh, oh. that's a, a ruin. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ian. Hello. This seems to be your topic. I thought I'd
1: leave it. i save it last. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you, so you've left us to last, and I'm like. The least well-travelled person <laughs> in my adult life, and because as a kid I was so so fussy, so like my my literally my food experience abroad is dorm nine years in a row where I lived on <laughs> chicken nuggets, chips and beans, and then <laughs> hotel best. breakfasts, um, and then my adult life where COVID happened, and then I had a child, and freaking knows how expensive children are. Um not to eat, obviously. Um <laughs> so I've, I've so not why really, were you eating
3: children during COVID thing? Like, that was
1: <laughs> I've not got a lot a lot of stories, but just speaking um on Mexican, it's it's kind of like it's a it's a double-headed story, so just go with us. So last year me and Sophie took Joey and we went to Lanzarote. And um are we in like the fairly okay part of Lanzarote. And we're seeing this like uh, Mexican restaurant, and we're like, oh, we'll go there. I can't remember what it was called, but like it was the best food that I had ever eaten on the holiday. So it was like, got like, uh, chorizo croquettes, um, quesadilla, I think nachos, and it was something else. And eating it, it was like, I mean, in Lanzarote, not the best food I've ever eaten. It was so, so nice. It was actually the night we played Liverpool, uh, Anfield. And, just after full time, a hotel was just down the road, got it and it gave us the worst food poisoning I've ever had in my life. Oh, like, God. To, to the point where it was literally every 10, 15 minutes I was having to get up to either be sick or be sick out my bum. And it got to the point where I just couldn't be bothered to then go back. So I just slept against the wall and um, oh, go in, down in the, in the t- it was horrible and then sophie started being sick and then the next day obviously like, joey was fine cuz he only had like right don't know what he had chips. basically yeah <laughs> uh, he was he was wow. living vicariously through me um no oh, no i was living vicariously through him but uh the <laughs> next day like we didn't go down for breakfast and joey's like oh can, can i go for breakfast i was like just have some pringles Um, And he wanted to go out in the pool. And honestly, it was the worst day of my life because it was like like 30, 30 odd degrees. The hotel room didn't actually have air con. So it was just this little fan from the 1970s that was like rusty. It was honestly, it was the worst. But um, eating it, it was honestly, it was absolutely like, like, like so, so tasty um, but yeah, that, that was horrendous. That, but like I say, I don't really have a lot of experience eating abroad. Um, I think was it Greece? I went to. I went to Zanti on a family holiday before Zanti became a, and I had like a chicken gyros, like a proper Greek gyros, and that was really nice. Um, and... I had so much souvlaki last week. Gyros, <laughs> <Do you know,
5: laughs> I went to Zanti when I was with my dad, and I just had about eight a day, just constantly. It was so nice. <laughs>
1: The un- unbelievably good, um, and grilled to lo- I love grilled haloumi. I know that's cypriot, um, but that that's like I don't really have a a big experience. If if we're doing this whole Champions League theme and European theme, so, and we're talked about Rangers. I went up to Glasgow for work, um, to train some of the the like in one of my jobs, one of my many jobs. Um, went up mm-hmm. to train some like new starters in in Glasgow. Who thought that would be a good idea, me training anyone to do anything? But that remains to be seen. And there was a <laughs> there was a guy and he was just like the oracle of um of like food places in Glasgow. And there was this place I can't remember for the life of us what it was called. But the make their own fresh pasta daily. Um I can't remember what, what it was called, but we went there the first night for like pasta and I had a um like a, a tagliatelle carbonara and honestly it was unbelievable like so so nice Ooh, was it um, western or central central it was
3: the <laughs> it, it, it
1: was it was the part where you I'm don't interested. get stabbed <laughs> no, I, I'm, yeah, the train so, station
4: not east end
1: um so mm. we the the it wasn't too far from like Glasgow Central or, or whatever it's called, mm. Glasgow Central Station. Central station yeah.
4: yeah, so you will be in the centre. Yeah,
1: Remember, I lived there I'll, for four years. I'll have I'll have to Google it because the the made like like you say the made their own fresh pasta. I'll I'll yeah. find out after it. But the, honestly, gla- like Glasgow for food was absolutely ridiculous. Like so so good. Um, but yeah, I don't really have a great deal of weird things because I'm I'm so so fussy. Like I'm still fussy now um mm. but I um I'll try and explore like I'd love to go further If feel like America I'd, just cuz everything control, over yeah. there oh, yeah. is just like Expensive. cardiac it's a, like cardiac arrest central but you <laughs> do not
3: happy I'm in new york and, LA and and i've obviously eaten like some of the chain restaurants and i've been in in times square there's a place i think it's called virgils it's like a steakhouse just and uh, no, it's not a steakhouse it's like a smokehouse just off Times Square, and they do like brisket and ribs and pulled pork and all that sort of stuff, and that's outstanding. But I've always wanted, and I still want to go actually to like South, like Southern America, like Texas. And, and, Texas. I've been to Texas. i have been just go around all the small houses around
5: there for a barbecue, and it was like ninety English pounds, and we had we shared it, um, and it was delicious, but. The ribs were like the ribs are unbelievable, like they're incomparable Mm -hmm. to anything else. But other things that were there, I felt I've had better elsewhere. I had a steak in Austin as well, and I was like, I've had better steaks than this. South Mm -hmm. Africa, way better for steaks. And I mean, maybe a tenth of the price. Like, literally, Mm -hmm. you get an 11 ounce fillet steak, that'll be the best fillet steak you've ever had in Cape Town. It'll cost you a tenner. Yeah. Whereas, uh, I think the steak we got in Austin was. 120 quid I remember it it was just like what it was for two people but it was still yeah. like Whoa, that's and I thought it would be like nice. I thought it would be cheap cuz it's so local and stuff but yeah america's quite expensive for food and it is it nice be. but I think it can be. if you if you got your head about it, you can find better elsewhere
3: mm. I've I've spent a lot of time in Minneapolis uh, cuz it's the company I work for to where they're based so every year we used to go to Minneapolis for a week uh, before covid and it was kind of like the big kickoff and they do some obscure stuff, so they do something called cheese curds, which is just deep fried cheese, um, which is really good. Um they do deep fried pickles, which I think we brought up the other week, Ian, when you were mentioning uh Sophie doing that yes. challenge. But one thing they do which is really, really good and and it's kinda get it kinda gets done elsewhere, but it's the best I've had. It's called a juicy Lucy. And it is a, a cheeseburger, but the cheese is inside the beef patty right you've got to be very careful when you eat it because it will take seven layers of skin off your tongue and (sighs) it is it is very hard because it's that it's not just like you know they put like a nice cheese in it It is that american packet of you know cheese that you can stick to a wall and it'll be there for a month (laughs) Um, but 64 slices of
0: american cheese
3: yeah, that, that that stuff that you gotta peel you gotta peel the film off both sides of it to eat it. Um yes, oh, very, God. very, very nice.
1: Just before we move on, because um, I I was trying to rack my brain where else I've been. Um it's it's not really that that like special, but in a beta like went on a lad's holiday ten year ago now. And, Pills um, don't
3: count Ian. Pills don't count no, as food. Wait
1: <laughs> no no, you say this, you know my PG rating of, of narcotic use, which was snorting sherbet <laughs> in the back of French. Um, so in, in Ibiza, if anyone's familiar, it's like, it's off the strip. There's a pizza hut and a KFC under the same roof. Um, so we order, this sounds like, like everyone's on about like
3: eating that whale. A Spanish and must be like, that you know, because there's one of them in Kavos as
0: well. Covered well, in Spain. K- Kavis Kavis is in it was, um, There was a sports bar in Barcelona had a built-in subway.
2: Oh.
1: but yeah, we ordered like just a massive, massive like pizza, uh, like a margarita pizza, and then got all the KFC chicken and put it on. <laughs> Best thing we've ever done. But so we got the hot wings and eaten them, absolutely fine. As we've touched on previous previous episodes, I've got IBS. The next morning, it was, like, honestly, like, I was shitting out I'm hell. sensing a
3: theme here, like. <laughs> yeah. <mountain. laughs> yeah. It, it, it was coming. Can you shatter? No, no. <laughs> um,
1: and honestly, I had I literally had to sit with the shower on cold just down my crack because it was the way. Wh- wow. And me mate, me mate was like. <laughs> he went <"What?"> there. <laughs> me mate was like, what? why are you being such a, like, like such a, a fanny for? Like, it's not even hot. And then, like literally twenty minutes later, I just heard like moans, and he was like, "Ian, I'm sorry, it's happening to me." I was like, it, 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 "It's horrible." <laughs> I'm it's like so they, sorry. They weren't they weren't hot at all. Like eating them, coming out. I didn't know if they had like caught fire or uh, had developed acid or something, but. But, um, what I've got, a, you, I've got, you know what it is. We'll, we'll save this for another episode. Cause I've got a lot more <laughs> funny <toilet laughs> stories.
3: Apologies <laughs> if anyone has eaten while listening to this. Oh, I can't um, believe that. that it's first. funny you mentioned about hybrid stuff. There's a,
1: up in Scotland
3: between Edinburgh and Glasgow. And I don't know exactly where it is. It's kind of, as you're going really? in between them, there is a Asda. And it might actually be in Edinburgh, actually. It might be cl- more close up to the outskirts of Edinburgh, but, um, I was doing it again. I was doing a job, and on the way back, I was—I just had to nip in to get a, a drink for the hotel because it was a well, it was an Airbnb, so I didn't have anything. So I was picking up some stuff, and I was in the Asda there, and it's like a big Asda supermarket. And instead of a canteen, they had a McDonald's. Benton, in Asda, the has Asda? Asda. Benton, Benton Asda, Asda has that now as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 I've not been at Benton Asda for six years or more, so I, I
1: wouldn't know. Benton but yeah, it's really true. So it's like.
3: A McDonald's in an Asda? Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's been there for rim. years. Like, yeah, since I was probably about 15, yeah, that's I been think, there. I think since it was oh, the yeah. hypermarkets, it's been in there. But not like on the side as
3: a separate thing. It was where no, no, the canteen it, yeah, would normally yeah, yeah, be yeah. in an Asda. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: It was news to me anyway. We I will we move on
4: with eating whale and we finished <laughs> off with Bentonazda. <laughs> Bentonazda.
3: <laughs> to be fair, they've probably served whale in there as well, Aye. but you you wouldn't know it. Aye, true. <laughs> uh, so allegedly, case. allegedly, I'm gonna say. Uh, we'll move on to our final topic. Um, because we, we, we did have four, but we talked a lot about Champions League, and then we talked a lot about food. So we'll we'll bring it back to football. And we're gonna keep it in the European theme. And this is soft spots that you have for other European teams. So, Ian, as you went last last time, I'm going to
1: bring it straight back to you. Try and keep it off the toilet. uh, Yeah, yeah. just talk about your football Uh, team. I don't think I can, I don't think I have a toilet-related story to other teams. Um, But there's there's a couple that spring to mind, and it's it's, funnily enough, it's literally just off getting kits, like snide kits from Benidorm Market. Um, so I remember because Benidorm was literally a staple, literally from when I was about four till when I was about thirteen. And I wish Benidorm, I wish I could like go back in time and just relive those holidays because they were absolutely meant. But anyways, um, some of the kids I had Barcelona. I've I've had a massive, massive soft spot for Barcelona. Like before I became aware of football and the links of Bobby Robson and and sort of the the, the, the original Champions League nights and stuff. Always like Barcelona. Um, in Milan were another team as well because I got basically got a snide kit from there. But surprisingly, which is a, it's a little bit of a, I mean they're not they're not not well known, but there's there's a couple of reasons behind it. So I have a soft spot for Borussia and Gladbach. So the reason for that is I'm from Wallen, live Wallen pretty much. How old am I now? 30? 29 years in my life. Um and it's twinned north like North Tyneside is twinned with Muchen Gladbach. So like if you ever drive on the coast road, it's got to say you to welcome North Tyneside twinned with there's like some Lithuanian city or province or something, and then Muchen Gladbach. But one of my friends uh, or a couple of my friends do like event nights, um, mm-hmm. and they put on DJ Sash, who from if anyone's watched Kevin and Perry. Go large. He's mentioned in there. Um, he sings Ecuador, and he's a he's a, DJ, a ninety DJ. Does he does he, does he sing Ecuador? Or does he, he just he does, shout he, it from he, the top <laughs> of his lungs? <laughs> I don't, I don't, really I don't even that. I don't even think it's him that that shouts it. But anyways, there was a um, they did like a a club night and had him on, and the next morning, uh, because they were still under the influence of various things, I uh, was just not. Um so i had to drive them to the airport from i think it was the men is what's the hotel at silverlink
0: men- the um oh god back then it would have been uh
1: it's not not even the silverlink it's uh, what your, is
3: it man or a Premier Inn or something travel lodge no
1: it's it's not it's not actually it's, it's the not, village it's, oh, cobalt village that's it yeah village hotel driving oh, from there yeah. in Newcastle airport because he was getting a flight to Edinburgh but we we're chatting about football and he supports Borussia Mönchengladbach so there's a little bit wow. that's my soft spot but Inter Milan Barcelona um, and Mönchengladbach are my my little soft spots nice uh, Daniel, as
3: a Champions League guru, uh, you must have a lot of European teams that you're you're fond of.
5: Um... Um, I've got quite a few. One random one is uh, really random is Perugia. They're in Serie uh, Serie C now, um, and that's just from watching Galazzo when I was little. They so were in there. It was and it was always like you'd you'd always have Juventus, AC Milan in there. And because they were so bad, they were always the highlights because they'd be getting ten, four, phone five nils. <laughs> and because they were always honest, that's a good name, Perugia. They must be good. It was just not absolutely oblivious to the fact that we we're getting battered. And um, it's a bit like Norwich City, <laughs> being first on the highlights because Suarez or Aguero's put four past them. Um, so the, there is that. Um, I'd say I've got two major soft spots. Um, so the first one is Bruce Dortmund. And it started when I was seven in Disneyland in, in the Hotel Santa Fe, me, my granddad, and my mum. And we just put the telly on, all in French, obviously. So I had no idea what was going on, but there was a football game on. And being that old, I didn't really know that much about football. Um, and these two teams were on. I was like, well, these aren't English, but it looks like it's lively. And it looks like it's good. And I just remember that it was like, a luminous yellow, like very yes,
1: Our, my brother had that kit like a highlighter,
5: yeah, exactly, and I had the b v b on it, and then it said Dortmund i was in I could not wrap my head round anything of why b v b would be Dortmund or anything like that, and just from there i was I was fascinating, I think they might they might even have won it that year, it was around that time that the that the uh, that the one so i'm not too sure it wasn't the final or anything like that it was um we went in january so it was uh, it was well before the final was being played and then again there's, uh, there's that, there is that link between newcastle and dortmund i think both northern teams in the respective countries both very salt of the earth were work, working class people amazing passionate fans both of the black stripes um both got class uh, flags on Short the Stadium. Um but where like I started to like redevelop my love for them was the 2000 and sort of 10-14 era. Um when they had like Mark O'Royce, I know he's still there, uh, Lewandowski, Mario Goethe, Blashikovsky, Nuri Sahin, Ilkai Gundwan, Fagawa, Subatish Hummels, like all these players that were just a breath of fresh air, played like lively football, won the German league, took Bayern Munich to the final. Um, And they were like a real underdog story. They built everything up the right way. And I always just thought, I wish that was Newcastle. So they'll always have like a good place in my heart. And I think they've still done things the right way ever since. And they're still exciting to watch, if not very good at times. Uh In the other team, is Club Bruges, um, which we had that you mentioned earlier on. And that's, um, that's because four-hour podcast. So for anyone that doesn't know, myself and a friend called Aaron do a Champions League fantasy football podcast started a few years ago. And the very first episode, I was sat next to him on his settee with like one um, like uh, earbud in each, each of our ears, sat next to him looking at stats, whatever else. And... We had, um, had our first show, and it was the quarterfinals, and it was when COVID had hit, and it was when Club Bruges played Valencia. No, sorry, sorry, it was the following season, sorry, it was the previews that we're doing. Club Bruges in the groups, and um, we had to sort of pick out these differentials. Joe, you'll know this playing fantasy football that you need to pick like a four million defender or a four and a half million midfielder, and they're always dog shit but you've just got to have them for balance. And uh, we picked out a player called Charles de Ketteler, who was a four and a half million midfielder playing out of position. So he actually played uh, as a striker or left wing. He plays for AC Milan now. Um, Four and a half million, were like, look, we just think you should go for him. He ends up getting a goal in the first game, goal and assist in the second game, assist in the third game, and a goal in the fourth game. And because of us mentioning him and a couple of other players was... um, Vanaken, who was a really good player, gets in the Belgian team. And uh, another kid called Vomer, he was pretty good. Cause we'd mentioned these players, like that sent our podcast just flying up, basically recommending these random Bruges players. So ever since I've always wanted Bruges to do well. Um it will always mention them on the podcast. Uh Atalanta as well did something similar for the sorry, the story I was getting confused with because of the black and blue bloody stripes was um, we mentioned on our very first podcast to captain Josip Ilicic, and that's when he got four goals and won two penalties against Valencia, and he got like a 48-point captaincy. We went from 12 listeners for about eight months we had the same 12 listeners, and then because of that, we had hundreds. So Atalanta, Club Bruges, Dortmund, and Perugia are my uh, soft spots.
3: Nice. Uh, Joe, mate... What are your, or what is your, or who are your soft spot European football teams?
4: Yeah, I've got to, I agree. I do have a bit of a soft spot for Barcelona just because of the things that we've mentioned. Uh, but I think they're a bit too much of a powerhouse for me to lend too much of my heart to. Uh, for me, Atletico Bilbao is the one that stands out. We've yep. had recent history with them. You know, we played them in the friendly, uh, pre-season friendly. They brought some of the best fans that I've ever seen at a football stadium in my entire life. I think there were about 20 of them. And yes. they literally ran right. the show. For anyone who was at the game or has seen the the videos, they wore from what I remember, a reversible flag. Because I remember watching them. So they were it just into the Milburn stand, just on that corner, because obviously they didn't sell out. Uh, Newcastle didn't sell out all of St James's Park uh, on purpose, so they had that little corner to themselves. But they took that to their full advantage, and I just remember looking up at them, and they were just running from one end of the row to the <laughs> other, just sprinting, and they had like matching shirts on. And then at one point, yeah, I remember seeing they had like a red flag, they had a big red flag with them, and then the next thing they had a black one. I was like, "Where the hell did that come from?" And it, and it was reversible and everything. And uh, they had the, they had the greatest time ever; it was fantastic. And obviously, uh, there was a there's now a banner. It's St. James Park uh, commemorating that, and the official Twitter account for Bill Bow obviously uh, is is reached out a few times, which is is really nice to see, um, congratulating us and you know, wishing us luck in the future and everything. But um, I would say my original affiliation with that, obviously doesn't come directly, but it comes from my dad who went to, uh, I believe it was the round of 16 that we played, uh, we played them um, back in the 94, 95 season. Um, And he was telling me that he went to, uh, to the away leg and he was out sat with his mates at one of the main squares about 10 o'clock whenever it was in the morning and it was dead quiet they were having a pint and then within a couple of hours the entire place had just descended and mobbed between Geordie's and Bilbao fans but it was all great and he was saying to me he doesn't remember any of the game because the last <laughs> thing he does remember is being on his back on the street with some Bilbao fans bundling into him through like a <laughs> funnel and a tube. He said that's the last thing he remembers. Um, he says he made the game, but yeah, I did look it up. We did lose one 0 but I mean, it's probably best that he didn't remember that in in, um, <laughs> in the end. But yeah, um, I just like that though because you you do see a lot of issues, especially nowadays. I mean, I don't know if it's just because of social media or whatnot, but you do see clashes between away fans and home fans, and it's just nice when you get those sort of good stories about. You know, people just getting on and not being twats. Uh, and it's a funny story. Um, and I hope to have one of my own very soon in the future uh, when we're bashing about in the Champions League.
5: So, yeah, Bill Bilbao's mine. They also run the club really well. You've got to be from the Basque region to play. Yeah. Like That's such an interesting quirk. Um, it's confusing um, when you're younger and you don't realise that the Basque region is across two countries and you're like, how on earth does Emmerich Laporte play for this Spanish team when you've got to be from there? But uh, I love that about them. I think that's a really good pick.
3: Yeah, um, I mean they they are mine as well to an extent because
5: that Atletico
3: Bilbao game, uh, the first one in the ninety four ninety five season, the home leg was my first ever trip to Saint James's Park. Oh, wow! Um, so I remember that three two victory very very fondly. Um, I think was it Rule Fox. Had had a goal, and I'm sure we got a penalty as well. Um, and and I'm sure Andy Cole got one. And Andy Cole was like my hero up until yep. certain uh, years until he moved <laughs> to uh, to a certain team. Um, but yeah, it was it was kind of like you know, growing up, I could never get a ticket or never afford a ticket. And when this, you know, when we got to this UEFA Cup, it was just a case of by any means necessary and, and it was me, it was my uncle, it was my granny, it was my mother. Like it wasn't just me going with a with the mate, it was the entire family went. We took out pretty much a whole row of of seats at St James's in the uh, I think we we're in the John Hall stand back then. Mm. Um so yeah it was uh they they were mine for, for that reason because it's my first ever match um and I've just got memories of that. I remember like swapping a flag with one of the fans on the way out, uh, a scarf on the way out, uh, and that sort of stuff. It's just little memories I got. But I think for me, the the obviously there's a Dutch connection with with Ajax because I live in Amsterdam, so I don't really follow it, and I don't really like it's not uh it's you know I can't get to the games because the they're, they're harder to get tickets for than it is getting into Saint James's because it's just such a, a big city with you know not uh it's not the biggest stadium in the world but you know the, the the tickets sell out pretty quickly and they also don't really like um English people going into the football games they'll they'll stop you if you're in the wrong end uh especially mm. when there's an international on uh so that's on there but growing up uh there was a lad who moved into my street from Amsterdam um called Henk and he obviously had all the shirts and all that sort of stuff so I've got a little bit of fondness for Ajax just through him, and um, but really, mine growing up was was Juventus, uh, and it was really just because they played in black and white stripes, and I just was like, okay, well they do as well, I'll support them, and I think they had was it was it JVC they had in the front or a Sony, they Sony they had on the front it would of their been... shirts back then, so I had the like Sony PlayStation or Sony, yeah, I'll do that, so. Um, yeah, and then the only other one really is both the Milan sides and it's because of Roberto Baggio and it's because of a college. I didn't really listen in class because I was spending all of my time playing Roberto Baggio's free kicks on whatever website it was on, on the computer. So I did IT at college. So I was just playing Roberto Baggio free kicks all day and that was that was life. And if you haven't played Roberto Baggio free kicks, um, it's very, very difficult I tried it a couple of days, a couple of weeks ago, because it came up in conversation in a group chat. And uh, yeah, I used to be quite good at that, but now not at all. Basically, it would just position you around the box, different free kicks. You were Roberto Baggio. The arrow went left and right. The arrow went up and down. And then the (laughs) arrow curved. But you had, like, the wind would change every time it reset. So you couldn't just get it right every time, because the wind would be different, even though it was the same kick. Um, So, yeah, so... Both the Milan sides, because obviously he switched between the two of them um, during that period of my life. Um, but yeah, I would say Bill Bowers, probably the like like you Joe probably the the one, and it's just because it was my first my first game at St. James's. So I'm so glad I didn't go and see Newcastle play Manchester United as my first game because they would definitely not be <laughs> my second club. Um, Daryl yeah, we'll come to you last, mate. We can wrap this one up with you. Um, I think we know. although
0: yeah. I, I do, do realize you've
3: hung up the Barcelona shirt behind you, and this is an uh-huh. audio-only podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, but <laughs> I'll let you go
2: on, mate.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it's very simple, really. And it, like Joe said, you don't want to choose it because they're a powerhouse, and I don't really think my reason for it is that. Um, but as we know, um, in the not too distant past, that Sky Sports used to have La Liga rights. And you used to get a big, you know, you used to get a pretty decent amount of La Liga coverage on a, a late night on a Saturday or a Sunday. Um, and obviously with going there for the first time when I was at uni was just around about the time that Messi was breaking into that Barcelona team. Um, and for me, it was that team, Messi's team, Pep's team, Tito Villanova's team, um, the team that won everything. It won six trophies in a season. It won the whole lot. Anything they could play for, they won um the shirt that i've got behind me is the world club champions winning shirt um and you know it was that entire team you know Victor Valdez in goal Puyol and um Pique at the back Dani Alves Eric Abidal um Xavi Iniesta Busquets and then you had Messi Eto at the time and who was playing right wing it would i think it would have been almost Pedro and, or just before Pedro mm-hmm. broke in. And then you had that season where they had Ibrahimovic as well, which was the season that that shirt comes from as well. Um, yeah,
5: he played when the one a lot, I think 2011 or 9, one of the two. Yeah,
0: that's right. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, that team was just unreal. And one of the reasons why I like when I first went there with university, I sort of said to myself on that very first trip, I was like, I'm coming back here to watch this team. And I'm quite pleased that I've been there four times to see them now. Um, and not too bad when your first game's in El Clásico or in the Super Cup. Um, <laughs> so I can wow. take that one off your bucket list as well, um, which was an amazing game. Um, and like I say, because of the coverage that they had in this country at the time, it was easy to follow them and you could watch them every yeah. week and, and watch them just absolutely play teams off the park with their style of football. Again, something else that runs through the history of their club, it's in their DNA from from Johan Cruyff onwards, um, in, in terms of the academy at La Masia as well, it's just all the sort of things that you would love your club to be because of the style of football they played, that total football where it was the the tiki taka, but it was, it you know I, you know I, I always sort of like scoff at people who think the tiki taka is boring because to me it's not because your opposition can't hurt you if you haven't got if they haven't got the ball if you've got the ball nobody can can hurt you and things like that so, um and it's to even to even to get that shirt there that's behind me um i had a real cri- i really had a real debate in my head about doing it because i've always been newcastle it's always been black and white for me and i had this really heartfelt debate inside of us about can i really bring myself to get another team's shirt when i'm yeah. a newcastle fan um so that is that that shirt is the first one i ever bought that was for a team that wasn't newcastle um i've and- never done that
3: you know i've never bought a shirt for
0: another club that's it, and and yeah. it, it took, I think I've got three in total, three Barcelona shirts in total, but they're only away kits because the away kits are like quite colourful compared to what we would have. Um, And it was such a a thing to go through in my head to think, can I really bring myself to betray myself, or betray my support for Newcastle by having another team shirt? Um, And I, I eventually came around to doing it because of that particular season was because it was so special. But yeah, I mean, unreal. Um, And I know that they they're they're falling on hard times recently, and things aren't quite the same as what they were. But for that team from two thousand and nine, two thousand eight, nine, all the way through to twenty eighteen, nineteen, let's say, they were just you had to admire them because they were that good.
1: Just touching on the the subject of buying other team shirts. So I went through a phase where I'd play at like the Soccer Dome, or I'd like I'd play for a team and, and get like football kits, and I ended up just because I worked at at the time I worked at JD, um, and what had went like there was a Sports Direct next like next door to it on the Silverlink. I used to just go and like literally look for the cheapest top that I could find, and I've honestly I've had some absolutely lush kits. There was um, IF Bronby. They had oh, like wow. a, a an away kit that was like 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 a charcoal color with like really really like it was like pinstripe a luminous green pinstripe Adidas that was lush. I had a AAK Athens I think um, they were sponsored by I can't remember who they were made by but they were uh, sponsored by LG. I had a Roma one. There's, there's I had a, a rain, like an orange Rangers one that was made by Diadora at one point. Honestly, like some of the kits that I had, but. Usually, like uh, now, like I couldn't think about buying a kit. Like if oh. if I played football and stuff, um, I don't think I could buy another team's kit. But yeah, mm. so some of the kits, are, the the Bronby ones, class as well, because the sort of on the back, like on the inside, you know how like sometimes we have like the, a magpie or, or whatever or where the sizes that had this inscription, like this writing of um, like the, I think it's it was the club motto, and I translated it. But yeah, that's. I'll see if um, after the the podcast, I'll see if I can find the the kit. Because um, then, for some reason, it was. I can't remember what year it was, but um, I did like a like create a player mode on FIFA off at, at Bronby, but they didn't even have that kit at the time, so <laughs> so it was a waste of time. But good, good. <laughs> Well, boys, we'll wrap this one up because we have
3: been going on for a little bit longer than usual. But there is five of us, so do forgive us if you are still listening. Thank you very much. <laughs> well done. But like I said, Worth this it. is the Champions League special. <laughs> and it wouldn't be a candy chat if we didn't go over a little bit. So we, we'll, uh, we apologise, but also hope you have had a good time. Thanks very much for listening, everybody. If you do like this sort of content, we do have a lot more coming up during the summer. The Always Smiling Faces podcast is still coming up. And a little exclusive, I am going to be doing another football manager series where I play next season as Newcastle United where I go into the Champions League and we'll (laughs) see how we get on there. So we'll see what happens with that. It's all set up. It's all ready. I just need to record the first episode and get that kicked off. But yeah, that will also be coming up. Um, And I hope we're doing extra time because we did our predictions and I'm kind of wanting to show them off because I did pretty well. I did pretty fucking (laughs) well. You are the oracle. (laughs) Um, But before we wrap this up, I do just want to say thank you to Ian, thank you to Joe, thank you to Daryl, and thank you for Daniel. You are all welcome back whenever you want. And thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed it, please give a five-star rating on Spotify, iTunes, or whatever you listen to these podcasts on. But this has been Canny Chatter. We will see you in the next episode. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye.
0: Bye.
5: Cheers, everyone.